Money talks. But so do we. I'm Lauren. And I'm Daniel. And And we're we're your friends friends with with tax tax benefits. We're here to sound off about write-offs. To get wise about wealth building. And to take the taboo out of tax talk. We work at TurboTax so obviously. This is what we love to talk about. But we're not here to replace your accountant. In each episode, we'll share our own personal opinions, advice, and jokes about all things financial. What we won't do is share any opinions on behalf of Intuit, TurboTax, their brands, or employees. The lawyers made you say that, huh, Lauren? So stop scrolling on Tax Talk, tell your CPA you'll call them back later, and let's talk tax, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. I'm Lauren Thomas, and I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Daniel Thrall. Hey, bud. Hey, Lauren. I'm going to ask you what we're talking about today as a tee-up, but I need to tell you, I know what we're talking about today, and I'm fired up about it. What are we talking about today? (laughs) I am fired up too, Daniel. Today, we are talking about name, image, and likeness. On the streets, do they call it nil? Is that what they... Is it referred to as that? Are we going to call it that through the episode today, Lauren? I think we can call it that. I'm not sure if that's what they're calling it in the streets, though, Daniel, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the reason I'm so fired up about this topic um, and why I have so many questions is because it's a new rule. And now student athletes have become paid student athletes. And I just am excited about that. I have a friend who played D1 college sports, and it was like a full-time job. And I, I, I can't wait to talk to our guest today, whom I will let you introduce, Lauren. Today, we're going to hear from Ohio State lacrosse player Mitchell Pelkey, also known as Pelkey, also known as the Pelkinator. Knew that was Colin. <laughs> oh, yeah. About his experience navigating brand deals using his name, image, and likeness as an athlete and a content creator. And then tax expert Maria Gomez will join us to delve into the tax implications for student athletes at large. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. I guess just to start out, nobody says nil, so everyone just says NIL. Yeah. Well, Daniel was saying nil relationships, and I'm like, I know for sure nobody calls it that. So in the streets, Michelle is correcting us, name, image, likeness, NIL. (laughs) It's new, Mitchell. Jeez. Uh, all right. But I just want to know when you got your first paycheck or you got your first you know, promotional item, tell me what that was like. What was it? And how did you feel? Yeah. So NIL, Name, Image, and Likeness, uh, the, the rule came into effect in July 1st of 2021. So it was pretty surreal, right? Like I, I started creating content on social media back in 2016. I was a freshman in high school. From my freshman year to my senior year of high school, making merchandise, several streams of income. But as soon as I stepped on campus, I had to stop selling merchandise and demonetize my channel because NIL wasn't a thing. Um, And not only could I not make money, but also I couldn't create content about being a college athlete because I wasn't allowed to make money off, you know, my name, image, and likeness. You know, fast fast forward two years, the summer going into my junior year on July 1st, 2021, name, image, and likeness was a thing. Um, And about eight days later, I got my first uh, brand opportunity um, and it was super awesome. I, I still never forget checking checking my phone and getting a notification that I got an opportunity to work with such a big brand. The rest is really history. I've been you know working with other big brands, and you know I'm now doing my own merchandise myself and having way more streams of income. So it's just it's it's super interesting. 
But I got to give a lot of credit to a man by the name of Destroying. You guys might not know who that is, but he's a YouTuber. Uh, he kills it uh, within the football niche. Um, but back in 2017, he was a kicker um, and he was making great YouTube content. Um, but the NCAA was realizing that at the time and came down and was like, hey, you can't make money being a student athlete, you know, creating this content. So it blew up. Got a, He got on ESPN, you know, Twitter, all these big platforms. And uh, he really, you know, more of the stories had to come down and, and pick uh did he want to continue to be a, a scholarship football athlete at UCF or did he want to take the YouTube route? And he took the YouTube route. But uh, in my eyes, that's kind of really what started the snowball um, to get bigger and bigger. And the NCAA finally start talking about this. You know, I think it's so important. One thing I've always really thought going to a big sports college, it's really incredible how much money student athletes make for these programs, right? Um, the the ticket sales, the merchandise, all the work that you put into it. And I think it's really incredible that now you're able to monetize that work while you're in college. And I think for you, Mitchell, you've kind of seen it go from you weren't allowed to do it at all and then making your first brand deal and make having an opportunity to get paid for that. So I think it's an awesome transition for you. And I'm curious, were you continuing to create content on YouTube, even though you weren't able to get paid for that at all? Yes, that's a great question. That was like one of the hardest two years of my life. And I got here, but I couldn't live out that this other part of my dream of creating content. So I could still create content, but I could not make money. But the content I could make could not involve 90% of my life, which was being a college athlete. I just fought through and just tried to continue to get, you know, creative. But then luckily, you know, July 1st hit and, you know, it's not really about the money on July 1st. It's really just about like me being able to get out of this creative box and create freely again. So could you monetize content that was not related to sports? I could. Yeah. So that's a great question. I could for those two years in college, but the rules are strict. It was like, I can't even show that I'm a student there because then the lines might get gray with being an athlete. I couldn't show the logos, couldn't film in the facility, you know, on campus filming was gray too. So it was like, all right, well, what, what can I do? Let's talk about money. How did you first learn to manage your money as a business? Yeah. So I get this question actually a lot from my teammates, just because a lot of them are obviously graduating. They want to have jobs and, and they want to start investing and doing different things. And I think I'm such a unique case, but I actually grew up with two parents that are entrepreneurs. So when I first started getting some money, I really had to sit down with my dad and was like, hey, like, what do I do with this stuff? And I'm not a guy that likes to spend money on lavish things or this and that. And he's like, hey, you know, we're going to start an LLC. We're going to get that going. I'm going to set you up with with my accountant. This is where you're going to do taxes. And I was really just kind of led in this right direction through my parents and super thankful for that. Um, and I just actually sent out my, uh, my write-off Excel sheet. Um, that's a dagger to do every year. I don't spend money at all. And I'm in a good case right now where I'm not, I don't have to pay rent. I'm on scholarships that don't have to pay school. So all the income is just going straight into the bank account. So I'm trying to put a lot of that away. And I'm right now into the stock market and I'm about to do things like, you know, open up a Roth IRA and kind of get these little business terms uh, going. But it's, I got to give kudos to my parents for sure. Most of the time when you, you know, you have a, a, a typical job, a part-time job, what you take home, you're like, cool, I can, I can spend this. But what I imagine for you, the two things that I think would be big gotchas for people who get paid like you do, whether it's, do you get paid in cash or do you get paid in like promotional items or both? Just cash, straight cash. That's like one of the first things I say when brands reach out. I'm like, Hey, I don't do any 
product for promotion. I only do product for compensation. So anything that comes to the table, be like, hey, like here's five free shirts and make a post. Like I immediately shut that down. I had questions about that because I imagine that there are people who would do that. And when you do get items, then you have to pay tax on that. Um, but for you, good for you. You don't have to do that, but you still have to put aside money for taxes on the cash that you make. And so tell me about how you do that, how you plan for, for tax time. I mean, is that something that you do with your accountant or how do you navigate money up front now, but I know I'm going to have to pay taxes on that later? This time of year, I'm sending you know my accountant all these receipts and, and all the money I've made and he's really taking care of all the work. Like I said, I've had to give him all my business write-offs and kind of logging all that stuff. But I think the biggest thing is like, if, if I want to take you know this route of obviously being a college athlete and continuing to run a successful business and, and continue to grow it, like this traditional college life that people live, like it, that's not a thing. Like, like we have games on Saturdays and guys go out and like hang out and like I have to come back and work. And it's just like, it's practice to schoolwork to business work. And that's the rotation of life I'm in. So I think one of the biggest things was like, Hey, like when this NIL thing starts to become a thing, like there's no more like traditional college life. You know, I'm a grown man, like playing a sport and running a business. Um, and when guys, guys crack up sometimes because like, I got to go, you know, do all these meetings and this and that talk to an accountant and some guys like 18 year old freshmen don't even know half the things I'm talking about, but it's just like, I think the biggest thing for me is just like, continuing to grow this business and, and there's going to be things where you know I can't do as a regular college students and, and and I take my days here and there to see my friends but it's just like if I really want this thing to work you know I have to allocate time to it and and there's a lot of that time um, throughout the day that is needed so I think the downside and something I wasn't prepared for was was not being able to see my friends on a day-to-day basis like I used to amazing how did you learn about what you can the doctor what you can't? Yeah, so that goes back to my pops, and my dad really helped me out with that. And uh, and honestly, talking, you know, w- with the accountant my dad set up with, they're actually great friends. They went to high school together, and he was he's been such a influential person in this process where I can hop on the phone and ask him different questions. You know, I just when NIL first happened, the biggest thing I did when I started to gain some money um, was hire an editor um, because editing takes uh, is probably the longest part of this whole process. You know, if I make a video that's ten minutes. It takes me 10 hours to edit and obviously not having a lot of time already being a student athlete i was like okay that needs to be the first thing i do so i have an editor on my team i have a i have a person that makes my thumbnails so that's the picture before the video um and then i just hired a publicist and obviously management as well again i got really got to go back to my parents for helping me out with which kind of learning the ins and outs of, of the of the write-offs so college kids are you know just embarking upon adult life and they they're figuring out their finances we've talked to um you know college students who are you know carrying um lots of debt we, specifically we did a, an episode with with um someone who is navigating paying back that debt and what i'd love from you is some tips for people who are you know beginning their adult journey they're adulting for the first time and what kind of financial advice financial tips would you give people whether or not it's from you know content creation or just being smart with their money what advice would would you give people uh, around your same age? I would say, you know, I, I really can't give you straight and a good answer from a debt perspective. Like I, I'm, I'm really thankful to have no debt in my, in my entire life. You know, when I got to college, I was on an 80% scholarship and my parents um, picked up the rest. 
And I'm super thankful for them doing that. So coming out of college debt-free was is huge. You know, I appear in all these horror stores and I know you don't have a lot of money, you know, as, as 20s, right? Like we're graduating college, like we're trying to continue to gain, you know, that number in our bank account. But if you can set aside some money, um, and I just think the little things too, it's like, do you have to go out on a Saturday night if you live in like New York City? Like we all know what that's going to do to your bank account. Like, do you have to go to the coffee shop and buy some coffee that doesn't even taste good for $9? Like, I think it's just really, you just got to think about that. And I think, you know, discipline is destined. And I just think, you know, those are the type of things you need to continue to think about in your day to day. Cause you got to look at the long picture. Like I want to retire when I'm 40. Like if I'm going to go to call for shop every weekend, like that's going to take away from my big goal. Okay. And for those of our listeners who are just now learning about you with the Pelcanator, where can <laughs> I find you online? Yeah, just Mitchell Pelkey, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, uh, wherever you want to see this face, uh, just type in Mitchell Pelkey. Awesome. Well, I have so deeply enjoyed our conversation. I am incredibly impressed by you and your discipline and your work ethic and wish you all the best on your graduation. And I, I'm really excited to see where you'll be even two years out because I think it'll just be really amazing and inspiring to watch. So thanks for joining us today and sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you guys, Lauren and Daniel. It's super nice to meet you guys and thank you for your time. I'm fired up for you, Pelicanator. It's great to meet you today. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Lauren, are you ready to switch to talking to one of our experts here at TurboTax to get down and dirty with the questions we don't know how to answer when it comes to name, image, and likeness? Oh, I stay ready to talk about taxes, Daniel. Good, good. Well, there's no one better than Maria Gomez to answer these questions for us today. So Maria is a tax expert based in Las Vegas, Nevada, who has a passion for working with new tax filers, as well as low income tax filers. Maria, thanks for coming back. Hi, everyone. It is my pleasure. Thank you again for having me today. Maria, one question is, are there any tax-related considerations a student athlete should really think about before they enter into a name, image, likeness deal? Definitely. There's many ways that their tax returns will be impacted. And this is at different levels. The first level is if the athlete, the student, it's going to have income, then it's going to be how this income, it's going to be um, issued to them and what type of forms are they going to be receiving. The second part is for parents, am I eligible to claim my dependent or not on my tax return? Or if this um, dependent, the athlete will be preparing or having to prepare their own tax returns. I think first, let's dig into what kind of things would make the difference between whether or not a student athlete would file their own taxes or still be able to be claimed as a dependent by their parents? Definitely. And so those um, rules are very clear and established by the IRS. This is nothing new. Yes, the NIL is new, but the rules regarding who can claim a dependent, they haven't changed. And so when it comes to um, especially college athletes, the requirement or the factor to take into consideration when the parent can no longer claim that dependent that it's in college will be if they are a full-time student, if they are under 24, and if they rely on their parents, if they don't provide more than 50% of their own support. So if you're living expenses, 
let's say that it's about 50,000, your living expenses would be about 50,000 and then you just made on your NIL income, 50,000 in income, then at that very moment, your parents more than likely would have not provided more than that 50%. So you would be already providing at least 50% of your own support. And so because of that, then you would be disqualified to be claimed as a dependent. Okay, that's helpful. So I think the bottom line is essentially that if the student, based on their income from nil or even other side jobs, is providing more than half of their income, then they have to file their own taxes and their caretakers, parents, grandparents are not then able to continue to claim them as a dependent on, at tax time. Let me add on to that. I've learned a lot in this. You still have to file your own taxes regardless of whether you're a dependent. It's just your parents can't claim you as a dependent, even if you don't hit that 50% threshold. Exactly. So that's what we are mentioning right now. If they have income, even if it is not more than 50%, and even if they're going to be claimed as a dependent, um, they will be still having to file a return. But they will still qualify. So as we know, a college student, especially college student, regardless whether they are an athlete or not, it's going to be uh, possible for their parents to claim them as a dependent. And then they might have had, um, even if they don't have um, NIL income, they still might have a side job, a part-time job, a summer job, and then they will still turn around and file a tax return as dependent of someone else. In this case, would be the parents. If I get a scholarship, does that count as income? It does. So um, this income, it's going to be um, taken into consideration because it's taxable income. And so for many students that might apply for FAFSA, you know, they're going to have or they might run into the issue um, of having this money because this money is taxable money again, and it's going to take um, into consideration their FASA and the other money that is being reported. And this may lower um, or disqualify them from FAFSA. And then for those who don't know, FAFSA is federal financial aid, correct? Yes assistance that many kids might qualify for based on their parents' income or their income, depending on their particular situation. All right, Maria. So I've entered into my NIL relationship. Things are going well. My face is all over every t-shirt in town, and it's time to file my taxes. Um, what do I need to keep in mind? I know that I need to keep all my records, um, you know, probably I'm going to get forms from the IRS. What do I need to do as I'm preparing to do my taxes? What do I need to keep in mind? Record keeping. Um, record keeping, it's um, a main thing to do. It's going to be extremely important, not just to keep track of the income that you're uh, making, but also the expenses that you're having. Why? Because those expenses are going to be write-offs, right? So those will be deductions. So the thing is that with this type of income, more than likely you will be a self-employed or a subcontractor. That means that if they're paying you as a um, self-employer or a contractor, then they will be issuing these forms. You are going to have to file these forms in your tax return more than likely in a Schedule C 
the benefit of reporting all of this income is that you have the opportunity to take deductions and the list is big. So it is extremely important to keep records of all of the travel that you did, all of the uh, records for the hotels that you stated, communications. There's so many expenses. So it's extremely important to keep track of every single expense because you will be able to write it off when you're preparing your tax return as a deduction. What are the forms that one might get and what's the difference? Yes. And so some of the main forms that they will be receiving is a 1099 NEC. A 1099 NEC is issued to people that are considered self-employed people. And these forms are required by the IRS to be issued as long as the person is assigned $600 or more. So if you made $600 or more, guess what? More than likely, you will be receiving a 1099 NEC. Now, the second form, it's a 1099K. For 2023, it's the number or the amount would be also the 600. So if you receive income and it is more than 600 or more, you will be receiving a 1099K. The difference between one and the other, it's going to be that the 1099K, this is a third-party company. And so they will be issuing you a 1099K. And so the other thing with this is that there's a lot of times that athletes might be receiving sports equipment. They might be receiving clothing. They might be receiving a discount. Well, again, third form, it's a 1099 miscellaneous. 1099 miscellaneous, if you receive a gift of value of 600 and more, you would be issued a 1099 miscellaneous. So yes. I imagine that there are plenty of people who do get items and when you get an item as a as a promotional gift or as part of for using your name, image, or likeness, that you've then got to set aside money at tax time because you know you've got to figure out how to cover that cash part because you're going to have to pay that in taxes when it comes tax time. Is that how it works? Because I imagine people get stuck and really hit with something, and it's a good problem to have, but it also sucks if you haven't planned for it. Definitely. And that is why I believe or I feel very strongly and I really love um, you guys uh, coming up with these topics and people need to be informed. Kids need to be informed. Parents need to be informed of all of these task consequences that you don't really um, imagine or think that they're going to be coming your way. And so the more information you have on this, you, the better prepared that you're going to be. Let's get into one of my favorite topics, which is deductions, right? So what are some key things that student athletes with nil deals should keep in mind that they can write off? For your cell phone, for example, it's important to know what percentage of time you're using it for business, right? So if it's your personal cell phone and you use it for work, then if you're on it, talking to your friends, talking to your parents, 80% of the time and 20% for business, you can only write off that 20%, correct? Only the 20%. And so this will depend, you know, in everybody's um, situation, whether it's going to be the 20% or 80% personal or vice versa, or if you might now have a separate phone or cell phone that you only use 
100% for this business income that you're having. If that's the case, then you will be able to report the 100% of the spends regarding to the cell phone. And other expenses would be um, hotel states, airplane tickets. Pretty much if they already paying for all of those expenses, if they're paying for the travel, then you will not be able to deduct those um, expenses because they are the ones already um, taking that into consideration. Um, other expenses would be meals. They might pay for you, they might fly you over, but they might not pay for the hotel. Um, they might pay for the hotel and your plane ticket, but they might not pay for your meals. So meals would be um, a deductible expense. Also, I always um, mention to the clients or people in general that they have, uh, when they have a business, it is extremely important to keep things as separate as possible for your personal income and expenses. So it is always a good practice to have a separate account just for your business. And nowadays, most of us use debit cards and credit cards. So that's a great way to keep track of your records. So if you have a second bank account and you have a debit card for your business, every time that you have an expense, go ahead, swipe the card. Because guess what? Just like that, you have a way to prove your expenses. You can always come back to those statements and review your information. Nowadays, most banks have all kinds of things for you that you can do, and they will even break out your expenses um, by category. So take a benefit of all of those um, apps and all of the things that nowadays we have to keep track of these expenses. So here's a question around this then. If I'm working then with a lawyer or a manager or a talent agency or an accountant, are the fees I'm paying them tax deductible? Yes, they are write-offs that you can deduct in your um, Schedule C as a deduction. And then one thing I think we didn't mention is equipment, right? So if I'm buying a new microphone or a ring light or a camera or a laptop for my business... Are those all deductible expenses? They are deductible expenses, yes. Maria, you're just a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing such great advice for student athletes who are exploring name, image, and likeness deals for maybe the first time. Thank you. It has been my pleasure, like always, talking to you guys. And again, this is a, a new topic. It's a new point of conversation. It's going to keep changing. So it is extremely important uh, for our audience, for anyone that is listening, for our athletes, for our parents to be more knowledgeable. And thank you guys for bringing this topic. Well, I've learned so much about name, image, and likeness today. Thanks so much to Mitchell Pelkey for joining us to share his story and Maria Gomez for her great tax advice. And thanks to you listeners for tuning in to this week's episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. See you next time, Lauren, and hope to see you again, Maria. Friends with Tax Benefits is an Intuit TurboTax podcast presented by TurboTax Studios and made in partnership with Frequency Media. We're your hosts, Daniel Thrall. And I'm Lauren Thomas. From Intuit TurboTax, Jane Lahani is our executive producer and Tony Melinda is our video producer. From Frequency Media, Jordan Rizieri is our producer, Emily Krumberger is our associate producer, and Matthew Ernest Filler is our editor and sound designer. Concepts Development by Jessica Olivier, Jill Pachesnik, and Isabel Moncloa-Daly. 
This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found.